Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Jordan, right? That is just incredible. And I love that play. Would you juke the cameraman? Like, you know you've, you've, you've done good, right? I mean, like that, I just love watching him play. And you can't watch a clip of, of Michael without watching him dunk. So I had to do that. But that game alone, I mean, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the rest of the Chicago Bulls were an incredible team. That game alone, each of those guys scored over 40 points apiece. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that's, that's playmakers right there. Now, I mean, I looked like that most of the time. Um, you know, actually, it was the guy who tried to make the shot and then fell on the ground. That was me. But, um, but I tried. But here's what I've learned through sports and watching all the different kinds of teams play is that so often it's what happens off the field is just as important as what happens when you hit the field or hit the court. The preparation that goes into that moment is so critical. And I think something that makes a great team is how well they work together, right? I mean, I've seen all-star teams hit the field and you think, man, they're gonna win, it's gonna be, they're gonna blow out the other team. But because it's, it's all about the me show, they lose. I've seen so many teams that are just even above, right above average that they play well together and they win because it's about the team's good, not just about my own. And so I think we can learn some really cool things about that in our friendships. And that's what I wanna talk about today is how we can have playmaker friendships. Because let's be real, we all wanna have great friends, right? I think we can all agree on that. And we all want that hashtag BFF status, right? Anybody? Like best friends forever, right? Or, or for life or whatever. But we all want that. We want someone that we can share uh, in, our, in our joys with and share in the moments when things don't go so well. Uh, we wanna be able to talk to them and, and, and just do life with people, right? We all want great friends. And so today, my, we're going to take a look at a story earlier in Jesus' ministry where we see some incredible friendship happen. And it's really, really cool and neat. So we're going to go ahead and dive in to point number one. And we're going to see as we, with each point, we're going to continue a little further in the story. So, so hang on, we'll, we'll, get through, um, we'll get to see everything that happens. But number one, you can fill this out on your program, is friends come first. Friends have to come first. Back when I, I played basketball, we had a, a phrase that we would say often. It was, God, team, me. And I think that makes a lot of sense because a great coach once said this, and I think this is so true. It takes two hands to shoot the ball, but it takes ten hands to score the point. When we have a great team of people around us, something incredible begins to happen. But we have to look at what others need for our own. So we see that in our story in Luke chapter 5 and verses uh, 17 through 18. You can follow along on your program or on the screen behind me. And it says, one day as he was teaching, this is Jesus, the Pharisees and religion teachers were sitting around. They had come from nearly every village in Galilee and Judea, even as far as Jerusalem, to be there. 
And the healing power, this is so important, it's gonna, we're going to see this later, but the healing power of God was on him, Jesus. And some men arrived, this is where the story gets interesting, some men arrived carrying a paraplegic, someone who uh, was paralyzed, couldn't walk, on a stretcher. They were looking for a way to get into the house and set him before Jesus. So what we're going to see as we continue the story, some really cool things, but these guys, there are a lot of things we just don't know about these characters. We don't know their names. They could have been Jim, John, Jimmy John. I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking about food. Anybody else, you know? Jimmy John, oh, it's a weakness. I love that place. But we don't know their names. I mean, we don't know how old they are. We don't know how long the guy was, was paralyzed. Maybe it was from birth or maybe he had an accident. We don't know. But here's one thing that I'm not 100% sure of, but I'd like to believe, and that these guys were friends. We don't know that. But I feel like to, to go this far for someone to, to, you know, like Jesus is coming to town and today is the day that you're going to get healed. I have a hard time thinking it was just some random strangers saw this guy and said, you know what, let's just go on a ride. You know, let's just go on a trip real quick. I don't, I don't think so. I'd like to think these guys were friends. I think they grew up in the neighborhood together. Maybe they played ball, a little bit of Xbox. You know, maybe they uh, drank Mountain Dew and ate Doritos together because that's what guys do, right? We just eat. It's fun. It's great. So I don't know, but I'd like to think that, that, they, were, that they were good buddies. But here's the, here's the hard part of friends coming first. We like our comfort, don't we? I love air conditioning. I don't know about you, but man, whew, I, mm, I don't, the summer and I don't agree. So uh, I have that AC crank to like 60-something degrees, like a cold, y'all. I love my comfort, and I think all of us do to some point. And it's hard to put other people's needs ahead of our own. It makes me think of this story. There are these two guys that were out hiking in the woods. And uh, they're having a great time, but all of a sudden this rattlesnake jumps out and bites this guy on the rear end. You already know where this is going. And uh, he's freaking out. He's like, I don't want to die. So his buddy says, you know what, it'll be okay. I'm going to run into town and I'm going to find a doctor and everything's going to be all right. So he, he, he runs as fast as he can, miles, and he finally finds town. And the only doctor there is delivering a baby. It's like, well, I, I can't leave, but if you follow these specific instructions, your friend is going to make it. He goes, okay, okay, go ahead and hit me. So he says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to take a knife. You're going to cut an X on the wound where he was bit. You're going to have to suck out the poison with your mouth, and you're going to spit it on the ground. If you do this, your friend's going to make it. And he goes, okay, okay. So he runs as fast as he can at a breakneck pace all the way back to his friend who's there in agony. He's freaking out. He's like, what did the doctor say? You've got to tell me. He goes, well, you're going to die. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. I just, I just, I couldn't resist. But the thing is, hopefully we're never in a situation like that because that could be a little awkward. You know, like we'll never speak of this again, right? But the reality is it can be hard to elevate our friendships over our own needs. It's tricky sometimes. But we, we look at the words of Jesus, and he gives us such a, a beautiful display of what it means to really care for our friends in John 15. And it says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his, I want you to underline, friends. And we're going to talk more as we continue today about friends and what that means, because I think it's, it's a little different definition of what friendship is than maybe we, than we uh, normally have. But 
Here's what's so important in putting friends first. You have to actually know what your friends need, right? Like, if you don't know, you can't be there for someone. Now, in this story, it's pretty obvious that the man, he can't walk. So his friends are like, there's a guy who, and, and, and we're going to see some more about this too, but they believed that there was someone who could make a difference, that he could change this guy's life. And so they pick up the mat and they carry him there. That can be hard. They knew what his need was, but how do we know the needs of our friends? Well, it's a, it's a word that I, I think is kind of hard to swallow sometimes for ourselves because I have another confession to make. Man, I'm telling you, I'm just on a roll today. Hi, my name is Tim, and I talk too much. It's, it's true. I love, I love talking and sharing stories. I love making people laugh or even the pity laugh. I'll take it. It doesn't matter. Laughter is good, right? But the thing is, we like to talk. Maybe some of us more than others, and that's okay. Because we want to have friendships where we can be honest and talk with people and share everything with. But if we don't listen, then we'll never know. See, when we talk too much, we lose the ability to listen. And I, I think that is just so true. And so what I want to say is we have to make it a point to listen. Now, I'm working on this, but I want to highlight a friend of mine who does this very well. His name is Joey Oliver, and some of you may know him. He, he, he's a part of this church. He's a member here, and he was actually playing bass uh, just a few minutes ago. But Joey is one of my dearest friends. Whenever I have something going on in my life that I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, it's gonna, the world's going to end. Everything's going you know, down the tubes. I go and talk to Joey because he listens. See, my problem really in that moment is only about this big, but it's this big to me, right? You know what I'm talking about? When I go to Joey and he listens to me, the problem isn't this big. He makes it like it's this big. He lets me share everything that I need to say. He's, just, he, he's there for me in every way he can. At the end, he asks, is there anything that I can do to be of service to you? That's friendship right there, y'all. Everybody in this room needs a Joey. You do. Because his example of friendship is what I now strive to live up to because listening is, is an art that is becoming more and more lost. With social media and everyone's you know, constant going all the time, everyone's fighting to have their voice heard. But I think that there's something special that happens when we listen to the needs of our friends. And so I encourage you to do that well, as well as I'm trying to learn how to do that more myself. Um, but that brings us to point number two today. So we, once we learn how to put friends first, that brings us to this next step, and this is so important that we have to put God in the center of your friendships, of our friendships. He has to be at the center. Now, I want to make, make kind of a disclaimer here, because what I'm, what I'm not saying is that you can only have Christian friends. Like, if you're a believer, your friendship should extend outside of the walls of this church or with people who believe. Because that's kind of like the whole point of the Bible, right? God's great love, he sends his son to this earth to be a friend to all. And in, so, in doing so, he said something to the effect of, I didn't come for the healthy, it's the sick who need a doctor, right? And all of us in this room, if we believe, if we're all Christians, there was a day when we were on that side and we needed Jesus to, to change us. But I can tell you, I've had lots of friends, um, even when I've, I've grown up in church my whole life, when I really didn't believe that were a great example of what it meant to be like Jesus. And so that's something that we can offer people. 
But it's also important that we have very intentional godly friendships. Why is that so important? Because when we, when we have that, as we see, we continue here in Luke, and we're going to look at 5.18 again. I, I think this is so important. It says, when they were looking for a way to get into the house, uh, they came and they were trying to set him before Jesus. See, they believed. It wasn't just that they thought this guy could offer something, that maybe he wasn't a quack, maybe he was actually legit, like he was the son of God. No, they believed. If we can get him to Jesus, his life will change forever. That is so critical for us. Because when we have godly friendships in our lives, it it takes us to the next level. It helps us to become playmakers. Because without that, because here's the reality. We've talked about this before, um, and and maybe you've never heard this, but you're either in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're about to go into a storm, right? And it's, you know, it's not the most uh, optimistic, peppy thing to say, but it's true. But what is so helpful is when we don't have to go through it alone. Now, of course, God is always with us, but when you have godly friendships, people who are there with you no matter what to encourage you and uplift you, it's a playmaker. It changes the game. And we see in Philippians 2, if you want to follow along with, a, uh, follow along with me here, we see examples of what it means to be like that. It says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, com- excuse me, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, and this is important, maybe you want to underline this, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but the interests of others. And this is so important because when we develop ourselves and we become more and more like Jesus, our goal is to be less of me and to be more of him. And the example he set was that we had to love people unconditionally, no matter, what, no matter what's going on. In fact, I want to highlight another friend of mine. His name was Seth. During uh, my college years, uh, he, he and I were roommates. And I did not know him before I showed up to Point University on my first day. I had no idea or expectation whatsoever. But I'm weird, y'all. Okay, I'm just being real. Like, I'm a little geeky. I'm nerdy, okay? I'm just, it's just true. But I'm also not, I found out I'm not the best roommate. I left all my junk on the floor. See, like, when you live alone, not that big of a deal. But when you have a roommate and you're, like, in a space that's, you know, like, this big, you kind of find things out about people. All right? I was, I was kind of gross. He liked to play music at 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay? That's the music major for you. Like, he's over there playing his guitar and singing. I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, I got a test in the morning. He's like, I do too. I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Put in the earphones, you know? I mean, but like, but we were the best of friends. We very quickly uh, got to know each other well. In fact, he was the best man in my wedding, and I will in a few months be the best man in his. And it's just so cool to, to see what God's doing in his life and the opportunities uh, that, that he's doing. But there was a time uh, at the end of my sophomore year, going into my junior year, when I was just having a rough time. I, there was some stuff that was going on, and there's a lot of detail there that we don't have time to get into, but... It was just, it was hard. And I felt that if these things could happen, 
that why would God let them? And so I was just done. I was like, I don't need to go to church anymore. Like, I'm finished. Game over. This doesn't matter. But Seth was there with me every step of the way. When my grades were slipping and, and my, basically I was just present at my job. Like I just showed up and did it to the lowest of my ability and left. I just didn't care. But Seth did. And Seth worked overtime when he didn't have to. And his mission was when I gave up that he wasn't. When I was ready to throw in the towel, Seth was like, nope, no you're not. It's time to hit the field again. And I'm like, do I have to? Yes, you have to. And what happened in those, in that, this months that felt like eternity of where I just was so confused and had no direction, Seth was there every step of the way saying, you're going to make it. It's going to be okay. And you're going to make it to the other side. And, and here's what's so critical. If Seth did not believe in the God who can do all things, I don't know how that would have turned out. I, mean, I really don't. But because Seth's faith, see, he lent his faith to me that when I didn't believe, that he was still praying for me. He was still there for me. And he was doing everything he could to remind me that God was on my side. So here's my encouragement to you today. In your program, you have a couple of things here that I want to talk about for a moment. And one of those is your, you have a, a group catalog. Now, why am I talking about this? We, we talk about this a good bit, but here's what's so important. See, when you enter into godly community with people, your game will change. I, I can't quite put my finger on it other than to say that it's God, but what happens in groups is supernatural. There is, there is some, there's a, a God mystery element that happens when we gather together and say, you know what, let's just love each other. Let's just grow together. And here's the thing. You're like, well, Tim, I don't know about groups. I've never done this. Okay, there's a group for everything, all right? We have financial peace. You want to get out of debt and have better financial stability? Boom, there's a group. Are you a parent? Awesome. Want to be a better parent? Boom, there's a group. You want to be a better spouse? There's a group. Are you single? There's a group. Like, in a few weeks, our kids will be entering back into groups during our time on Sunday mornings. Our students are in groups. Why? Because what happens in groups, we're better together, right? Two heads are better than one. You've heard that before, right? Let me tell you, when we're in a... a, a in close community with other believers, we become playmakers. Everything changes when we have people who encourage us and are there for us through every step. So if that's you, and I want to make you a guarantee today, okay? This is a pretty big, pretty big deal, and I want to say this with all authority that I have. If you check that box and you sign up for a group, I guarantee you will not regret it. I'm giving you that on my, on my word. You will not regret joining a group. So I think everyone in this room right now should sign up and join a group because what it's going to do for your life is going to be far beyond any of our wildest imaginations. God wants to do some cool things for you. And so that brings us to point number three. Now I want to say this before I finish the point. Without one and two, you really can't have three. Occasionally maybe there's a, there's a chance or something happens, but it, you really can't have three without having friends first, and having God-centered friendships. And that brings me to number three, let faith move you into action. See, when, when we believe in something bigger than ourselves, we're going to begin to move. And that's why it's so important that we have one and two. And so we continue on in Luke chapter five, uh, verses 19. And I'm going to pause a few parts here, and I, I'm going to, I want to talk about a few things, but we're going to continue. It says, when these guys couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, 
they went up on the roof, removed some tiles, and let him down in the middle of everyone right in front of Jesus. Now I want to pause here. I want you to put your imagination caps on for a moment, okay? Like, there it is, it's on, okay? I want you to imagine that you're at your house, okay? You've cleaned it up. Maybe, I mean, kids, that's one of, a great thing. They clean the house for you. I don't know. Maybe you paid someone, they clean the house. I'm kidding. That's what my parents told me, shoot. I'm just being real. But like, free labor, you know what I'm saying? All right, but um, anyway, you, you cleaned your house. It is spotless. It couldn't be any more clean because Jesus is coming to your house today, and you're ready. All these people come over for this grand event. I mean, we're, everyone's just so excited. And there's even buffalo chicken dip because life is better with buffalo chicken dip. I'm just saying, I like food, y'all, you can tell. I mean, just saying. But anyway, so you've got the party is ready. Jesus starts talking and it is great. He's talking about love and the kingdom and your mind is just like, like this, it's, all, it's just getting blown back and forth. You're like, what? But all of a sudden you hear like a scratching like on the roof. I'm like, is that like a squirrel or what? Yeah, Jesus is talking. We'll focus on this. And before long, that scratching turns into like a rumbling, and you hear a great noise, and all of a sudden, boom, there comes light through the roof. And you're like, what in the world? And before you know it, they're lowering this dude on a, like a stretcher on the rope right in front of Jesus. Now, here's the thing, okay? Just being real. The Bible doesn't tell us what the response of everyone in the room was. But my response, if that's my house, is, you want to fight? Like, we're going to go right now. Okay, I just bought the house that I'm living in. We ain't playing games. Mm-mm. You turn on my roof, we're going to go. I don't care if Jesus is in the room or not. It's game on. The mar- and we're going to see a miracle in a minute, but let me tell you, the miracle is that I don't kill that guy. All right? Just being real. So I don't know how they responded. Maybe they were much more loving and caring than me. But, um, but we do see what Jesus had to say. And it's pretty cool. It's, it says, impressed by their bold belief. That's pretty cool. When you impress Jesus, you've done something right. He said, and this is so important, underline this, friend. He didn't say random dude who just dropped through the roof. <laughs> like, who are you? He said, friend. See, Jesus calls us all friends, no matter where we're at. And I think that is so awesome. Friend, I forgive your sins. And that set the religion scholars and the Pharisees buzzing. They were so mad. They couldn't even hold it in. They're like, who does he think he is? That's blasphemous talk. God and only God can forgive sins. And here comes one of my favorite lines that we see throughout the Gospels. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. Oh, it's good. See, I don't know if this is like God knowledge that he had, or he just knew they were a bunch of jerks. I don't know. But he knows and I have to imagine he was a little bit sarcastic when he, when he talks to them. And he says this, why all this gossipy whispering? Like, which is simpler to say, I can forgive your sins or get up and start walking. Well, just so it's clear that I'm the son of man and can and authorized to do either or both. But I want to say this, okay? So maybe he, he talked like that, but I think in this moment, this was such an intimate, sincere moment. He turns and he looks at the man on the stretcher, and he says, get up, take your bedroll, and go home. And in that moment, it says without a moment's hesitation, he did it. He got, took his blanket, and he left for home, giving glory to God all the way. The people rubbed their eyes, incredulous. They're, I mean, like, minds blown. And they also gave glory to God 
awestruck, they said, we've never seen anything like that. I mean, they couldn't believe their eyes. This guy gets up and he walks away. That's pretty cool. I don't know about you, but that kind of thing excites me. But here's what's so important here. See, they had to put their friend's needs first, and God was at the center of the relationship, so that when the time came, they're taking him straight to Jesus. And I think that's so important for us as well. Because here's the thing, they could have walked up to the house and been like, man, this place is packed, and like tried to get through and been like, hey dude, well guess what? You're not seeing Jesus today, maybe next week. Like, that could have been a possibility. Or, I don't know, maybe he's too busy for us right now. We'll just turn around and go home. No, what do those jokers do? They climbed up on the roof. Like, who does that? Well, we don't know this guy. We'll just bust down his house. What? <laughs> like, but that's the kind of friends you want to have, right? I mean, you want the friend who's going to carry you up on the roof, like bulldoze your way through and drop you at the feet of Jesus. See, it wasn't enough that day for them to just say, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. No, you're getting your healing, buddy. It's now. And they did it. But here's what I think is so hard for us. Comfortability it's hard to kind of break through. And we see in James chapter 2 a, a mindset that I have to, I'm being real, I have to fight this tendency. Maybe you do too. It says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food needed for the body, uh, and one of the things you say to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them anything they need, what good is that? It's like, hey, I'm sorry, you know, you're hungry. It'll be okay. Like, what? So also by faith itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. And I look at this and I'm like, man, I got this down. But then I think for a moment, how many times have people, and I find, seriously, this is a great honor to me when people ask, will you pray for me? Like, I, I take that as a personal sense of, I want to do that. And, but I wonder how many times People have come to me with a need, and I've said, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. And maybe there are times when that's all I can do, but maybe God sent them to me to answer their prayer. And that, that kind of stings a little bit, because it makes, it makes me beg the question, who do I consider my friend? If according to Jesus, we are all friends of God, he considers us all friends no matter where we are. And that means that I, I need to be willing to go out of my way for anybody. In fact, that's the thing. See, you want a friend that would lower you at the feet of Jesus, right? We have to be that friend too, because I want you to ask yourself an important question. Who are you in this story? Are you the people in the house who are so focused on Jesus and you're like, man, I got to get every single word he says that you don't even know that there are people outside who have a, a great need and need to get in so much so that they're going to climb on the roof. Maybe today you're the person on the stretcher, and maybe you have a great need and you have great friends, or maybe not, and you, you need Jesus though. Or maybe our hope is to be the playmakers, right? To be one of the people who are picking up the stretcher and carrying them to Jesus. That's why I'm at this church, y'all. I'm just, back in the day when I was here in high school, I, and I still am, I'm weird. I'm just, just admit that. I was very socially awkward. And my job was I set up chairs. And when the band was practicing, I would be setting up chairs and I would kind of like sing along and like, nah, 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 you know, like moving stuff around. They thought I was talking to myself. So they thought it was crazy. They called me the chair whisperer. 
can't make this stuff up. And so for the longest time, they're like, that dude's weird. I'm like, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's true. But the thing is, I had been in church my whole life. I knew all the right things to say, all the motions to take. But there came a point when I needed to be brought to the feet of Jesus. And these friends here said, it's not enough for us to just go to the door and check. It's not enough for us to just say, you know what, it'll be okay. They climbed on the roof, they tore it open, and they laid me at Jesus' feet and said, you know what, today is the day that you get your healing. And today, that's my hope for all of us, that we become this kind of people. That we would do anything for our friends, no matter what, to have that hashtag BFF status. So today, you're like, maybe Tim, I don't know how to do that. Well, here's, I've got two things for you. The first is this. October 1st is what we're calling Friend Day. Inside your program are these little cards, okay? I want you to do something really cool with these. You've probably, maybe you've heard us talk about them, but I want to encourage you to invite people. There are people, maybe you go to a restaurant frequently and there's a waiter or waitress you regularly get, and maybe you know their name, maybe you don't. I encourage you, get to know them. Ask them, how can I pray for you? Invite them to Friend Day. Maybe you know someone who's a little fizzled out on their faith. Invite them, give them a card and say, come be a part. We're going to do some cool things that day. Or maybe you just know someone who's already involved in a church and you're like, look, my church is just cool. Maybe it's cooler than yours, I don't know. But come on, hang out with us for today. It's Friend Day. I don't know. But I think all of us have no reason not to invite at least one person. Because here's the, here's the thing. Who, what are we willing to do so that someone can meet Jesus? I think it's a great question to ask ourselves. But I encourage you to do one thing before you ask. Add value to that person before you give them a card. What do I mean? They don't care what you know until they know that you care. It's just true. So when you add value and show them that they matter, they'll be much more willing to listen, and they can then see what Jesus is willing to do in their life. But maybe, to, so if that's you, I want you to check that box on the back of your connection card, because I want to, it's accountability. We're going to do this thing together. I have a friend I've been asking for years to come to church, and he always tells me no, and that's okay. He's like, man, you're, if nothing, you're consistent. <laughs> because what's the real? What's the worst they're going to do? Say no? Okay. But next time, you're going to come. No, that's okay. I'll try again. Because we all need to be that kind of friend. And maybe today, you're like, Tim, I don't know about all this stuff, but I need some healing. I need Jesus. Maybe for the first time. If that's you, inside your program, there's a prayer. And I want you to pray that if that's you. Because Jesus will change everything. See, when Jesus gets his hands on you, your life will never be the same. You will find that there is so much freedom in the arms of our loving Savior. And so today, that's you. I want you to check that box. We're not gonna, I'm not going to ask you to like stand up or raise your hand or anything like that. It's just so that we can continue on this journey with you. And so here's my, here's my, my final thing in this for Playmaker Week 3. Hashtag, we want that BFF status, right? My encouragement to you is let's go the extra mile. Let's be the friend that everyone wants to have in their corner. Because they know that when it come, when push comes to shove, we're going to get up on that roof, we're going to tear it down, and we're going to lay our friends right at the feet of Jesus. Let's pray. God, we are just so, we are so unworthy of, of everything that you give us. Yet you call us friend. You always
always have and you always will, no matter where we are, you call us to come back. And so today I ask that today, maybe there is someone in this room who needs healing, God. I ask that in these moments that you would make it more evident than ever that you are near and you are the God who can do the impossible with all authority to do all things for us, God. I just ask that you bless these people as we continue into this time of worship, that we would give 120% to glorify you in your name. pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.